back to another episode of 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today we're going to be talking about a movie called The Phantom Thread. Uh, it's a new Paul Thomas Anderson movie starring Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, Josh is here with me and Hannah's going to be joining us again to talk about this. Um, and we're also going to talk about uh, Darkest Hour, but I think I'm going to step off for that because I haven't seen it. And Josh and Hannah are going to do as much as they can on that movie. Um and we'll go from there. So I don't know where to start. Like, do you guys like Paul Thomas Anderson generally? Hannah, you go other first. Movies? Yeah, I do a lot. Um, I like I, I like all of his movies. There are a couple that I'm not, like, super crazy about, but there aren't any that I dislike. And there are several that I really love. So, okay. yeah, I'm always excited when there's another one, even if it, like, doesn't necessarily seem like something I would be into, you know? Where does where does inherent vice fall on this list for you? I'm not wild about inherent vice. I don't. I, I've only seen it once, and like I thought it was fine, and I really like some of the performances. But that I watched it, and I was like, I'll have to watch this again sometime. But I still haven't. I don't know. It ha- I remember it had a really great trailer, so like I was excited. Yeah. Yeah. And Josh I and I, jo- it, like, Josh hmm. and I saw that with a bunch of people from law school, and it was one of the worst movie-going experiences I've ever had. It's I think. really long. It's so, so you're not long. into it. Yeah. But, but, but I think the problem with it also is that if you don't going into it, if you don't know, like a lot of people have read that guy's books and they know they're very. I haven't. I haven't read the book. Yeah, a lot of so people are like, oh, you, oh, it's so amazing that he was able to adapt the Thomas Pynchon book because they're so weird and stream of consciousness and you float in and out of storylines. But if you don't know it's going to be that, and you're thinking you're going to be able to follow a linear plot, and then you just get really frustrated with yourself for not being able to do that. And that's part of why I didn't like it. And kind of like you, maybe I would if I knew what I was getting into if I went and watched it again, but I haven't been motivated to go and watch it again. No, um, God, no. So, yeah. so, so that's the bottom of like my list for his movies. I've seen them all except for Heart 8. And I, I love Boogie Nights, Magnolia, and There Will Be Blood. And I, I watched The Master for the first time actually a few weeks ago, and I respect it, but it just, I, and I really love some of those performances. <laughs> didn't really do as much for me as those other three and gets a little uh weird at the weird in the second half and harder for me to get engaged with and i i i, I like um um da, 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 adam sandler one yeah yeah, yeah. I, I like it but it's i probably it was probably more me just being excited to see adam sandler doing something different but i still en- enjoy it so i I'm, I'm a fan and um i think it's an event still when it happens even if i didn't really love his last one that's yeah that's interesting oh sorry oh, no no go ahead no, like, no, punch drunk love is the other one that i have only seen once and was like that was okay, I guess. I think I just couldn't get past Adam Sandler. And, like, I should watch that one again because people really do – some people really love yeah, that. But that's interesting that. that you didn't like The Master because The Master is maybe my favorite. Really? <laughs> yeah. The Master and Boogie Nights are my favorite. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Which is maybe I, an unpopular opinion. I don't know. <laughs> no. I Yeah, I don't really like uh, – <laughs> I, I think there will no, be you like, like one. probably the, the only one that I like – um, but I have no desire to watch it again because it's just so much to watch like in one sitting. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, especially the Daniel <laughs> Day-Lewis performance. So it's also long. All of pretty much all of his movies are long. Yeah. So this movie, I guess, to set the stage is like this guy Daniel Day-Lewis plays this guy who makes dresses for like rich people basically, and. Uh, he has a muse he like gets girls basically to like play dress up for him um and him and his sister run this business and it just goes from there basically um finally finds someone that can like stand up to him for the most part and he doesn't really know how to react to it so yeah so what did you think hannah did you like it i liked it a lot yeah it's not i would probably like if we were ranking his movies it would be probably somewhere in the middle for me but okay i i did like it a lot Okay. Josh, what did you think? Well, I really liked it too. And um, uh, are we going to do a spoiler section for this or not? I always forget to ask that beforehand. I feel like we have to for this one. Okay, sure. sure. Uh, I'll I'll save my embarrassing confession about my uh, lack of understanding of the second half of the movie until after we do spoilers. And I'll say I really liked it. And it's pretty cool in that it was so – and it's I think it, what sets it apart from all of his other movies not ne- not necessarily makes it better. What makes it just a cool experience to see him do something different is that it's so much smaller in scope than everything he's done. And a lot has been made of the fact he shot the movie himself, and it looks good. But more, it's just interesting that he can. Uh, I, f- I feel like he can create tension out of some th- uh, subject matter such as 
a dressmaker that has a very uh, particular way he likes things and what happens when he bumps up against someone that challenges him on that and that's pretty much it and it's the movie's mostly three people in a room and I still found it fairly captivating. I think it's pretty cool that he was able to get me into something like that that's that different from everything else he's done. Yeah, I think – so I, I didn't want to watch this movie because it looked fucking boring to me, <laughs> and I don't really like Paul Thomas Anderson, and I sort of waited – I don't know how many weeks that I, did I wait to see it. Until, until, like I, until yeah, I said – I had to say we're doing this podcast with or without you next week, and you got to see yeah. it, and so then that made you see it. <laughs> yeah, so I saw it, and I, I – so I didn't hate it. There you go. Uh, I, think, I think the movie actually works uh, a lot. And the performances are really, really good. Uh, I didn't mention, so, like, the other two people are Leslie Manville and Vicky Kripes, I guess. I'm not really sure how you say it. Um, and there's not really anyone else that's starring in the movie. I, I liked it. I I think it's fairly good. I, I really enjoyed, like, the pettiness of it. That's yes. sort of what, like, kept me going more than anything. And But on the flip side, I, I don't really... It, it It didn't do anything for me to be like, Oh my god, this movie should be up for an Oscar. So that's sort of where I'm at with. Like I think it's I think it works and I didn't think it would for me personally mm-hmm. and as like a story it's like coherent enough to work, but it just there's no like next level for me with this movie despite the performances being as good as they are. That's fair. I think that's been a lot of like people who didn't like this one as much. I think that's kind of been the consensus like yeah, like obviously the performances are good, but yeah you know, like the rest of the time. I, I, I get that. I, I really enjoyed it, but it is, I like how you said that the pettiness was like the best yeah. part. Cause it, there are parts of this that are really funny. Yes. Which you probably weren't expecting giving. N- no, you, especially him. from the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Especially from, that's the thing. The movie is almost, I feel like it's, I haven't watched the trailer again, but I feel like it's nothing like the trailer. No, but, but it's also like, how would you market this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's a great question. I haven't put a lot of thought into it. <laughs> but, I mean, what more do you need to – I feel like when you have Daniel Day-Lewis in a movie, you sort of like – that's what that's what you market, right? right? And that's sort of what they did market because I, I, have, I don't think I've seen either of the other two actresses in anything really. And they're not big-name people or anything. So uh, maybe that's part of, part of it. But uh, the thing that stuck with me that Josh said is that – I think I've seen four or five of the other movies that he's done, and this one, the the, I think it works because the scope is so small, like Josh said, because especially Inherent Vice is just it's just so out there and it's so big and weird, and There Will Be Blood is just so heavy, and it's just this movie sort of he like stays within itself, and that's sort of what makes it like work for me personally yeah and i don't think and it's not some not that in his other movies you don't really get to explore those characters because in a lot of them you really do and that's what makes them great and it's impressive when you yeah. can have something that's the the scope of magnolia or boogie nights sure. and you really get invested in a lot of those characters but i just this is such a bizarre setup and such a weird starting point for a movie that it's 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 almost fun just to watch this mystery unfold of just how him and his sister go about their daily lives. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very interesting entry point for a movie that's about, like I keep saying, dressmaking is not something that I would yeah. – you know, if, yeah. if you gave me – list the first hundred things that come to your mind that you want a movie about it, it's not yeah. there. you know. Yeah. So when – for me, when he first um, when he first meets Alma and brings her back to her house and he's kind of doing the dressmaking thing, and then the sister walks in. And you get the sense that, wow, this is something that has happened several different times before. And, I mean, the movie gets far, far more twisted as it goes on. But this is like, wow, this is, like, kind of bizarre. And now I'm kind of into it to see, like, where this goes. And I think it's just such an interesting entryway into, like, what this movie is going to be. Yeah, I remember, like, when when this movie was first announced, like, basically the only information was, like, it's set in the fashion world in 1950s (laughs) London. And it's like, it is, but that's not what it's about. No, yeah. And the the trailer too, it's like oh, like this difficult man and his muse, and like it is, but also <laughs> yeah. some more stuff happens. Like. Yeah, it's interesting because it it's it's kind of a mystery movie at times. Like maybe not a mystery movie, but it I think it tries to be mysterious and sort of what it is because it's basically just like a love story and like a romance movie, but they they don't like fully commit to it. 
And I think that's sort of what makes it interesting. Um, it's also and, kind of the kind of the point too. Sure, yeah, because <laughs> it's interesting because it's just hey, here's a person who finally challenges someone, and that's why they fall in love. He said he'd never get married, and then he gets married. Da da da. Right, and it's like. I don't know. It's it's so traditional, but the way they sort of tell the story is untraditional. Which, but yeah, yeah. but no, but it's also like it, you keep going. Who am I supposed to be rooting for? Sure, here? right. Anybody. <laughs> which it's is something so, Josh yeah. and I talked about on Three Billboards podcast because we didn't want to root for anyone in the movie because they all fucking suck. <laughs> and this movie, they like these people all kind of suck, but they're, they kind of suck to the point of like, you sort of enjoy them being dicks to people just because it's well, like, and funny. then you get it to this, weird, like, I don't know when you want to start the, the spoilers, but you get, you kind of get to this weird place of like, well, they're not hurting anybody else. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Um, is, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, we can, we can get into spoilers if you want. I don't, I don't mind doing that. It's, well, for, for anyone that's uh, relying on our endorsement or not as a decision to whether or see this movie, if uh, Anthony, given that you came in as a doubter, what would be like your your 15 second pitch to someone that's like still on the fence for why they should see it? Uh, I've, it's, I feel like this is a movie for people that enjoy going to the movies, though. I don't think like if you're like going out on like a Friday, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, let's go see Phantom Thread. Yeah, probably see Juman- Jumanji instead. <laughs> yeah, like it's just I think you can get a lot out of it, but I I think you sort of have to be able to appreciate like what's going on and sort of want to like I I, I didn't even I don't know cuz I didn't want to watch it, but I s- enjoyed watching it, I guess. So, I don't know. That's longer than 15 seconds. <laughs> what what about you guys? <laughs> oh, well, I would say even if you are not 100% sure that you're interested in the story it's just like if you're in any way interested in like filmmaking if you're interested in like costume design or i don't know i i feel like even if you don't like the story or don't even like the movie that much there are elements of it that you could appreciate yeah and my thing i I would say to people that think they might enjoy uh rom-coms or movies (laughs) about relationships but you want to have a weird twist on that and set yep. in set in Britain, and just to see what that might look like. But at the same time, like Hannah said, have really good technical filmmaking, and possibly one of the last the last ever performance from one of our best actors. Uh, then why not? If and you can then sound smart and say you saw something that's nominated for best picture at the same time. You know. Also, yeah. if you like like weird creepy scores. Yes. Yeah. Been listening so, to the score a that. lot. Uh, there um, is that. Yeah. Um, so. so- that's uh, that's pre-spoilers. We'll take like a five-second break, and then we'll talk spoilers for Phantom Turret. Okay, so we're back. Um, I know there's some more spoilery stuff to get into. One thing that Hannah mentioned that I – I guess I sort of – so you talk about the costume design. I sort of expected it to be more of a spectacle, I guess. Like, so, like I think a couple of the first dresses, I was just sort of like – Oh, that that's supposed to be a nice dress for the time, I guess. I, I just thought it would be – I don't know. They didn't necessarily like – I don't know. Did you guys I, feel that way? I guess I didn't really know what to expect I did a from little like bit 1950s. Too. British, yeah, well, especially whatever. like the very first one at the beginning when they're showing like you know them opening up mm-hmm. the – the the store that you know the showroom mm-hmm. and people coming in and then they like very slowly reveal this dress that they've been working on for a long time and you're kind of like, huh, okay. <laughs> was that was but that I, like was that the pink dress or whatever? The purple one with like the, purple, the cape. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it and there were some of them that I liked, but then there were some where I'm like, mm, I don't know. But then you sort of go, well, was that the style at the time? But then yeah, I, I have no I idea. It, yeah. Well, I think it's <laughs> sort of meant to be intentional because there's that scene later where she says to him, like, I didn't want to tell you this, but one of our clients was going to a different designer, yeah. basically because like you're your designs are sort of old fashioned. And I did, I read an article about, or like a review that touched on this later too. That was like, maybe his dresses aren't that good. And that's kind of the point. (laughs) Okay. Or not even that, not that they're bad, but that like at this time, like fashion had moved on from the kind of thing he was doing. Yeah. And and I think part of it is still, it's sort of a name brand thing, right? Where you, people have been dressing up in Reynolds Woodcock dresses for years and years and years. And so you're just like he made it, and that's sort of what makes it pop, rather than the style of it or whatever. 
And but, also just that, like, he is still sort of skating on the reputation of oh, that he has yeah. had for 30 years or whatever and not changing anything that he does. Yeah, exactly. So, spoiler stuff. What do you guys want to get into first? Well, first thing I'll say is that when I my, my first viewing of the movie, I went to, like, a, a 9.50 showing on a Friday night. And with the 20 minutes of previews they have at all AMCs, it didn't start till 10.10, and this movie's two hours and 10 minutes. And, I mean, I, I was drinking, like, a large icy, and I thought it would be enough to keep me up. And then I fell asleep for, like, four minutes, I'm pretty sure. And I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I don't know if any, I really missed anything that important in that four minutes, but I'm not going to go do a podcast on a movie of this import, that's this important that got a Best Picture nomination without saying I, like, saw the whole thing. And I still really liked it, and then I went and saw it again, and I realized that the time that I fell asleep was essentially the four minutes in which he first decides, I'm going to go pick this mushroom and poison him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay. you, so I, at the end, when he's like, I'm getting sick, and every, and, or she's talking about, oh, you're going to get sick soon, I thought she's referring to like how even before she poisons him, remember he has those spells where he like, is in bed, and she's having trouble explaining what's really going on with him, but yeah. then he comes back. I thought it was just like, oh, well... They just know that like he's getting old and frail, and she's just referring to that, and then he's gonna die soon. Yeah. So I like no freaking clue like how actually messed up this movie got in like in, in, in the time leading up to that. And you missed I, literally the most important yeah, minute. Yeah, the like, only all the important detail yeah, of the movie. Yeah, so it's pretty embarrassing. And I was like, oh, all right, well, this is a cool relationship movie, very well made. Like I'm all in. And then I go and see it again. I'm like, holy shit, this got really like messed up. And I mean, I've. I, it was almost like I was having to recalibrate everything I thought about the movie in my own head because, like, if I'd only if I'd not gone that first time, if I'd only gone that first time, you guys are talking about how like, yeah, you don't even really know who to root for. I'm like, well, Alma seems all right, you know, she's pretty, <laughs> <laughs> she, she seems like a nice, decent enough person, and yeah. that's that's what my reaction would have been. And now I'm like, wow, um, huh, what do I make of her? And yeah. I, I, I like having to struggle with that because, like Hannah said, it's like. This is all within the, they're all this is all going on within themselves, you know, and they all yeah. eventually come to their own uh, understanding and yeah. and they're yeah, both gonna, into it. Yeah. So. yeah. So, no harm, no foul, right? I was gonna ask you if you liked it better the second time, but I'm not sure. It's, 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 it's apples and oranges. Just, yeah, imagine right? how it would play if you didn't know that. That's. <laughs> I just thought it was like crazy. he was getting old, and because he, he, they, they before the first time he got poisoned, they had like shown him like having those spells of a few days where he just has to go away and come back. And that's that. And I thought it was, and who knows exactly what that was, but I thought it was just like, oh, maybe he had some other illness and they discussed yeah. it off screen and now she's just going to take care of him in his old age. If we're being honest. <laughs> she's going to make like, him these really good looking dishes that have mushrooms and I don't even like mushrooms. Oh my God, they look so good though. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great movie about breakfast. <laughs> I, I yeah. know. Oh, I got, yeah, I want to talk about that too. Um, yeah, if we're, if we're being honest, I think some people would probably just miss it anyway, even if they watched the movie, they probably would not really understand that she's like, poisoning him as like a turn on and stuff so or it's, it's for revenge but. at first um, yeah sort of just the well it's it's because it's, it's i mean punish him and sort of take control or, back yeah, yeah it's a control move power move basically yeah because she starts because he goes through these cycles where he like hires these Server. women as well, models yeah, yeah, and then yeah starts relationships with them and then gets like there's a scene at the very beginning where like there's a he comes to breakfast and there's one at the table and he's mm -hmm. all annoyed with her and he tells his sister basically to fire her from being his girlfriend yeah mm -hmm. And and no, and none of them up until Alma like actually and care so, enough like, to really fight back. Yeah. Anything about yeah. Um. So what did you want to talk about about back about breakfast, Josh? Well, I mean, I think we could we didn't even really need to be in this polar park to talk about it. But I just thought it was really interesting, and that's where some of the comedy comes in. And mm -hmm. I, mean, I would have been upset if it got a um if it, if it had gotten like a sound editing nomination for just the toast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah. and how and how. How how that just jumps out at you is and it sounds more irritating than just about any other sound effect involving food I could like have ever thought of, and it's interesting because it's largely about one part of it is about like what a guy that's so stuck in his ways actually gets challenged to change them in some way, and um, he obviously really just uses these women for so long, and now he's put on his heels, and it's uh, not quite at that point though because he's just like. Every time she has to interrupt either his tea or his breakfast routines, he goes off his rocker. And mm -hmm. I just thought it was an interesting way to kind of get it, get at that. Um, I don't know. Do you want to call it male entitlement? Do you want to call it just a general controlling person or what? But yeah, it was, it, it was just it was 
it was just a unique way of going about that in, in a very understated way. And you, I think we've seen movies about controlling relationships before, and and they maybe and maybe some of them are good, but they all do it maybe a more bombastic way. And there are some pretty there are some shouting matches in this movie, but it's so uh, it's more subtle this way. Yeah, it it's interesting because they it, it it's just like you know artists trying to control someone crazy artists but they need to control someone to do great work blah 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 and you sort of have that in the backdrop and they sort of flip it a little bit but i was worried i was going to not like it because it was going to be too much of dudes like taking advantage of women kind of thing da 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 and i i didn't really get that vibe from it but I don't know. Like, it, it, are people talking about that? I haven't. Really well, yeah, read yeah. Anything I've seen about people talking movie, about. So. Like, do you think it's a? Do you think it's a misogynistic movie or a feminist? Yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm. Uh, that's why I'm asking you guys. Cause I haven't I mean, I read anything about the film. Yeah, but. no. That's what. That's what has kind of been frustrating to me about some of the way I've seen people talk about this is that like I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's either. Like I think there's kind of a frustrating tendency on the internet for people to either be like, this is the feminist movie we need right now, or this is misogynist (laughs) garbage. And like most things are in the middle, (laughs) like, you know, it doesn't have to be. And, but, and I know like a lot of people who didn't like this felt that it was too much to like, Oh, like this is a a movie about a male genius who can get away with tweet with treating people however he wants because he's great, which like, that's true that there are too many movies and just art in general about that kind of thing but i don't think that's what this is yeah Yeah. hannah did did you see mother i didn't no okay so i I thought that i mean and anthony didn't either so i won't talk about it too much but it's something i thought a lot about during this because i've seen that comparison made though yeah right because part of it i mean a lot of that is just this the javier bardem character and that is like a poet and he ends up with all these obsessive fans and it um and it's about how the a lot of it's how the jennifer lawrence character is having to deal with everything that comes with being married to this genius and uh but in that one it's uh the Javier Bardem character in that he's he is like the worst and he has like no consideration at all for her and it's kind of frustrating but like it's that's also kind of the point when they're tra- I mean there's a lot going on in that movie but it's like here's what it's largely um Darren Aronofsky saying here's what it's like being married to a genius and right make of that what you will and I think this is more than that because it's more just um like I've already said here here's how this I mean, we, we kind of joke, maybe he's not actually a genius uh, or whatever, yeah. but at, at some point he was the best at what he does, and he has he has his way of doing things. And I think this is that movie, this is, unlike Mother, it's saying, here's what this guy is like, but what if someone actually calls him on some of his shit? And whereas the Mother movie is like, here's just that person dealing with the challenges that come with it and not really, she doesn't really stand up to him until like much later in that movie. And I think that... He, he, like he's obviously pretty terrible to her at some points and then it's I think part of the fun in thinking about it is trying to grapple as an audience with where we stand with each of these characters once she does yeah. Yeah. come back at him and yeah. I don't, um, yeah oh, sorry no I don't feel like the movie endorses his behavior no, I don't feel like no, it really no. endorses anybody's behavior except sure. maybe Cyril his sister who will occasionally pop up and be like the voice of reason sort she's of delightful. but then she's also really mean to all these women so it's like yeah. nobody is nobody comes out looking great I don't think. <laughs> yeah, and and it doesn't feel intentional against a class. It's just I'm being terrible because I want to be terrible, not because you're X, Y, or Z. Yeah, that's kind. Of, I mean, I, think, I don't want to like speak for all women. Like, if a woman sure, has a problem yeah, with this movie, like I get it, but yeah. I didn't. Sure, and that's and I think Josh and, she, and I have I've seen movies where we've it's you know it's so clear that you know that stuff is going on, and whether it's the character or just like the direction or the writing or whatever. And this, this, I feel like this movie didn't, it wasn't so blatant if it was there, but I I think, I I mean, I could understand it, but it's just sort of like telling the story of this romance and, and going back to what Hannah said, it's just, it sort of ends up just being these two people with each other and it's not really affecting anyone else. And it's sort of just their way of maneuvering around each other. Um, I think, Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think there's enough moments of him being ridiculous that yeah, I right? feel like this is how geniuses behave. <laughs> sure. 
You know, like, yeah. just, and also, like, just the fact that his name is Woodcock. Like, it's supposed <laughs> to be kind of over the top. Yeah, and Reynolds. I, have you yeah, guys ever met anyone whose first name is Reynolds? Like, the, they're yeah. all going around very seriously saying things about the house of Woodcock. And it's like, <laughs> all right, I, this is not played 100% straight. No, like, yeah. And, I, and, I, and, go, and somewhat related to that, I think there is a movie, a version of this movie in which Alma is, like, far more submissive than she actually is, and it gets bogged sure. down in its own misery and just him being the worst and yeah and, and but some of the parts at which like she is coming back at him or or is being a little more oblivious to him being a dick with the like the breakfast stuff like once they once they're on the i don't know is, is it when they're on the honeymoon when she goes at the toast again um, yeah and it's right so it's like so i mean it's like that it's another thing where it's like played for laughs kind of at the end and there's and they're still giving you those moments where it's like she's not just yeah. totally like catering to his every whim which is which yeah. which is nice i was yeah. worried i was worried right after the marriage because there was i think like 10 minutes where they sort of changed the tone a little bit and this when they sort of started to hate each other uh and i was i was really worried yeah and and yeah. and the whole the sister the sister of the doctor guy was talking shit about her and i was like i thought the movie was gonna sort of go in a different way that i wasn't gonna enjoy just like being super resentful and everything, but they skirted that and, and, no, and didn't. I, do I agree. It. There's definitely that section where you're like, "This was a huge mistake." <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, so um, I, I was gonna say this is I, I don't know if you guys have seen the movies, and it's weird, but I was getting a very 1950s Fifty Shades minus the BDSM stuff. I've seen people from make that the comparison. Movie. Yeah, I, I have was not getting, seen those movies because yeah. I don't want to. But <laughs> <laughs> no, they're terrible. But whatever. Yeah. It, it's because no, it, those movies are they're supposed to be serious, but I don't like take them seriously because they're stupid. Right. And this movie sort of does that because it's not like you said, it's not playing it one hundred percent straight, and they're having these weird like, it, like it just at the end when they're so happy doing like the poison montage thing at the end, and I was like. This is just like they can't expect you not to laugh at that. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I saw people make those comparisons like before the movie even came out. Like when the first trailer came out, uh-huh. I saw people on Twitter be like, "Did he just make like a an art house Fifty Shades of Grey?" And then it, I, people saw it like he kind of did. Kind of did, honestly. Like that's that's what I I thought about it multiple times during the movie. Yeah, so. I've never. I, mean, I I actually hadn't seen that at all, and I haven't seen those movies. But it's. It's a, it's a, it's a art house. Fifty Shades of Grey is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a funny term, and I. They're I, I, honestly I hilarious. Really? Like, it, yeah. the The first one is is so over the top, and and because you know they hate each other, right? Like, uh, home. I don't, I don't even know their real names to be honest. The 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 the, the, the two main actors. And- yeah, what's his face? Uh, Dakota Johnson and what's his face? Yeah, they they hate each <laughs> wait, other in wait, real life. Wait, oh, the actors do or the characters? <laughs> yeah. The actors? Oh. So apparently, like every time they they film and they have to do all these sex scenes, it's just they just hate each other, and they had to make it all the way to the third movie for the last like eight years or whatever, five years, however long it's fucking been. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, what what, what do you, so what what do you guys think? Just I mean, we're we're talking about this ending montage and how it's kind of funny, but it I mean I guess it's obviously getting at Reynolds' uh, mommy issues to some extent. Well, did, and, we, did we talk about exactly what happened? I feel like we kind of jumped right into. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, go yeah, for it. Go for it. Oh no, I just I couldn't remember if we had talked about it, but that well, like, like, how like, in, instead of letting him get rid of her, she poisons him. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he doesn't know that she's done it. Yeah, the first time, the first right? First time, yeah. The yeah. Stuff I fell asleep for. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, maybe that's why you didn't bring it up. <laughs> See it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. No, and then it's. So she poisons him, and he gets really sick, and she takes care of him. And then when he's better, he's like, we should get married. Yeah. And then they get married. I said earlier it was a power move for her, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, take control back. Because she was sensing he was – she was on the the way out, and then she comes up with this plan, I guess, master plan on everyone. I'm not sure what her endgame was. Yeah. Because up until that point, I was thinking – he hadn't done enough for her to want to stay and maybe it would just be yeah. the revenge thing, but maybe him being tender or whatever word she used during the sickness, like put her over the top for that. But it, that's why it's interesting because you don't really see this kind of 
revenge fall in love thing that all well, and then they they get married and immediately yeah. start fighting and hate each other yeah, and then she's like right. wait i have an idea you know what worked last time well no isn't that after she walks in on him telling cyril that uh now i think i really do need to get rid of her that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a little later though but yeah that yeah, scene I, is so funny. Leslie Manville is so good in this movie. She is. I didn't even know she was up for an Oscar. I was going to, before the podcast, I was going to say one of these two actresses should should have been up for supporting. Well, it, she was kind of a surprise nomination. I think it was kind of a surprise that this got as many nominations as it did. Because it came out so Most late. Most people weren't predicting her to get it. Yeah, because it got yeah. it, because it came out so late. But I'm really glad that she did because she's great. Yeah, she's delightful. But yeah, I, I, I don't she, know. I. Go ahead, Josh. No, I was just going to say, Hannah was kind of uh, giving us a brief plot summary. Basically, she kind of decides, let me go back to this well again. and But then he kind of figures it out, and uh, he's, yeah. he's down. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, it was such a that, – that vibe was so weird because he's watching her, and I wasn't sure if he was going to, like, go off the rails in anger or something. He watches, and, when he watches her very slowly make this yeah, outfit. Yeah, and I didn't know if he was going to – like do one of those uh, classic like when people poison drinks in movies and like why don't you take the first seat <laughs> yeah. first? <laughs> I didn't know it was gonna go down there, but then he was like, "I can't wait to get sick for you." And I'm like, "Bro, like, <laughs> whatever works for you, man." But did you guys did you guys like think the the age stuff was weird at all or no? I think that was kind of part of the kind yeah. of dynamic that they were setting up. Yeah. So I, just, I, wasn't I, assumed, by it. I assumed it probably wasn't an unusual thing back in uh, that too that time in that in in England. I just thought maybe that's it, not unusual for old yeah. single dudes to that have a lot of money to go after. Not that it's yeah. unusual in America either in modern times. I just yeah. thought maybe this is just generally accepted. I don't know. <laughs> well, and especially like in the fashion world, like models tend to be pretty young. So yeah. if this kind of thing were going to happen, that makes <laughs> sense. Um, stupid question. Does she know who he is when he comes to the restaurant? I don't, think I don't so. know. I think I think that I that is debatable because I have seen the argument because like with the the way that he meets her is that she's a waitress and yeah. she trips and he notice, like smiles at her and she comes over to take his order and he orders an absurd amount of food yeah. and they flirt and whatever and I've seen the argument that maybe she tripped on purpose to yeah. get him to notice her. I thought she just had a thing for old British dudes. Yeah, or it could be that. I could go either way. Just, yeah, like he just takes her thing, her order form, and is like, "I'm keeping this. I'll pick you up later." Power, like, power move. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> can, you, I'll never can, try. Can, can you? It's like almost a way to flatter her. Can you remember it? She's like, "Yeah, I am that good, and I get to show off to you now." Yeah, yeah. but it is like the, their first interaction, like. She trips and she walks over to his table and is it before or after she takes his order? But he just goes, "Will you have dinner with me?" And she's like, "After." Oh, it's, it's super after. creepy, though, right? <laughs> right. Well, that's why maybe she maybe she does know who he is. Okay. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't. I don't know. And she I and mean, he and that's his, it's it seems like he goes there with some regularity. It's his country home and maybe right. other, other people in the village at least know who he is. Yeah. And that actually reminds me, you said something about the sound editing with the toast, and then it reminded me of right after that when Cyril is using the pencil to write down the measurements and they up the sound on, like, the pencil effects. That's really good, too, yeah. Yeah, that really added a lot of, like, mood to to that scene. And that was such a weird scene. Like, there was just a lot of scenes where I didn't – I had no idea what angle they were going to take and how they were going to, like, go with the story because that could have been, like, super creepy – um, if they were just alone or then Cyril comes in, it could have been like anger and fighting and stuff. So, yeah, I thought, I, I, think, I, th- I thought all I was going to be creeped out fun about it. this movie Yeah, is that you're always like, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to be reacting <laughs> to any of this. Yeah. Um, did you guys think that she was going to cheat? No. Oh, you mean like the, when she oh. like goes to the new year's party? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think so. I think that was just kind of another thing of her trying to make him jealous but not yeah or her being like this is how easily you could lose me yeah sure okay 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 that makes sense because the other thing that i the like storytelling aspect was they didn't did they open the movie with 
her talking to the doctor guy by the fire? Or was that like the second or third scene? I think it was she's sort of narrating at the, the beginning, beginning, right? Yeah. And so that sort of added like this. I didn't know at the end if they were if he like died and that's why they were talking by the fire. You know what I mean? I was thinking about end that with him being like, and now you're under arrest for murder. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if he was a cop or anything. Cause I, I, I thought that too. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I don't know, just like a lot of little things where if you don't like, if you aren't paying attention, I don't think you might appreciate it as much, but I don't know. I enjoyed yeah. it. I would like to see it again. I I only saw it once and I haven't had a chance to see it again. But I feel like knowing it's the kind of movie that knowing how it ends, you're like, well, now I have to see all of this again yeah. from a different perspective, sort of. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, I might have to see it a third time then to to accomplish that because I wouldn't have been seeing all of it for the second time. <laughs> um, I don't know. You guys have anything else to add? Uh, well, I was uh, going to say, like, do you think? Uh, do you think that? Um, how, how did you guys think the stuff with his mom was done? Because I think that was obviously like supposed to be a big part of how he became what he was. And uh, like the root, the root, the, her ghost. Well, that and it was just kind of like yeah. I thought it was kind of implied that was the that was probably the root of a lot of his issues with women. And yeah. I don't know if you thought that if how you guys thought the movie addressed well, that. Right from the beginning, where like they go on the first date and where he's like, "You can sew anything into a coat. I have a lock of my mother's hair sewn in this jacket." And I was like, "Yikes!" Like, yeah. She's like, oh, that's cool. Like, what was your mother like? I'm like, <laughs> come on. It's like, it's Not like, how I would react, but okay. Yeah. yeah, so I guess I shouldn't have been expecting her to be too creeped out when Cyril started taking notes. Because I thought, well, this is kind of weird. Isn't she think it's weird? But if I guess she wasn't too weirded out by that, then I shouldn't have really been shocked when she's then moving in like one scene later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just that the, yeah. the, oh, the, the way that she's immediately flirting kind of creepily back to him when they first meet sets the scene for all of the rest of her behavior. Yeah, I but, didn't really, I didn't really yeah. think about his relationship with his mom that much, to be honest. I, I think I just noticed it a, a little more in the second viewing because I that whole because uh, that whole poison thing actually making sense to me, and <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, well, this this guy had some really really like close relationship if he was a mama's boy, and then he was kind of whisked into adulthood and became so single minded on this one career and fell into this life with his sister who. Mm-hmm. Um, never married right so yeah he just quickly i mean who knows exactly how quickly he found success but he became very isolated in this one particular kind of life and if the only real meaningful relationship he ever had in his life was with his mom then the then the only actual relationship he's able to make last for the rest of his life is when he can uh with a woman that poisons him and then babies him like a mom yeah, I, it's it kind of weird how that comes. Yeah. Interesting enough, how that comes full circle, you know. Yeah, there's definitely the underlying aspect of it, but um, well, and also yeah. just the idea that like this man has never had a healthy relationship with a woman. Oh God, no! Like, yeah. Day one. Yeah, and like, I, do we qualify with a sister? The, how do you? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Is that healthy? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but, <laughs> she, she she goes on his dates with him, so I guess not. <laughs> that yeah, exactly. was she that dumps was his so girlfriends funny. for him. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of that, that, bullshit, though. To be honest, oh, she's the best. Yeah, yeah. That, that, well, that first scene where they do go, where she shows up unexpectedly to the dinner. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And and then like it, you can kind of see Alma was like, huh. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I wasn't was, when she yeah. shows up at at the house when he's like, oh, I'm gonna make you a dress, and she yeah. just walks in and like this young woman she's never met before is standing there in her underwear and she's totally yeah. on phase like, oh, we're doing this again. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that 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 was. That was that's I, I, that was probably my favorite scene just because it was like it just dropped you into something super weird. And um, Hannah, do you have a favorite scene? Um, that's a good one. I do like the when they have the big argument when she makes him dinner. Yes, that that was that's top two for me. That's that that that's whole really like, good. Five or six minutes was was amazing. And you kind um, of already and you kind of already knew he had issues because of the way he reacted like just at yeah. the breakfast with the toast and it's like all right, well, I we get it. You like to think in quiet, but it's like, bro, you can't you can't be happy with a, a home-cooked meal. Like, yeah. That, he gets he yeah, he gets mad at her because she didn't make asparagus the way he likes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the when he when he tells the doctor to fuck off twice, that and made me laugh Alma, so much. And then almost like, no, just yeah, fuck off. And I was <laughs> I was losing my shit. And I also like the scene where they uh they go and steal the dress back from the, oh my the drunk woman. Oh my god, That's, that was yeah, we didn't even so. Talk about that. That was so fucked up, that, that, but that was hilarious. I, I, I hate when I can when I can't think of where I heard something before, but I think it was in another review I wrote where in that scene 
just the way he stands in the doorway when she is taking the dress off. Yeah. It's just like a very particular way in which he's like posed with the, where he has like one of his his yeah. arm like above his forehead kind of like that. And it says so much about him, just the way he's standing. And it's like almost yeah. more impressive acting than just anything else that Daniel Day-Lewis does in the movie because he's conveying so much about the, you know, you know, the exasperation, what he thinks about yeah. this whole situation. He didn't want to be there in the first place. He thinks this woman is beneath beneath him and shouldn't even be, isn't worthy of wearing his clothes. <laughs> yeah. And, he, yeah. and we, we, we do already know all that kind of based on what they've talked about to that point but even if you didn't know all that like it all would have been conveyed pretty well just through the way he is this slouch and hunched over in that moment you know but well, Al- that- Alma yeah Alma pushes him over the top because she's like so mad she doesn't deserve to wear your dress <laughs> yeah, and he's that's like ah, fuck say, it, that's kind go. of the moment where you realize um maybe we shouldn't be 100 percent on Alma's side either yeah. and she's like we should go humiliate yeah. this poor drunk woman yeah because she on her wedding night yeah on her wedding night yeah but <laughs> that's funny um but yeah so i don't know if you guys have anything else to add but i you know that's um, i hope it wins right the now. oscar for best original score that is my main i i have one other question i'd like to throw out there um shoot aside from yes agreed johnny greenwood uh deserves all the good things but uh okay. what kind of what kind of movie would you like to see him make next uh, or maybe it's more for hannah yeah, since, uh, since uh, anthony's not as big a fan but is there i mean given that you got more out of this than you expected i think it's interesting to see what you might think anthony because uh, i don't know if you've listened to any of his interviews because he actually did a lot of press for this movie and he's not a guy who's out there maybe as much as other people and i i always just assumed up until recently he's just wow he must be this super and i i should i shouldn't have thought this because he's married to maya rudolph but I, yeah. but that I, makes I, me like him way more. Yeah, but I, because of that, I just always assumed like this guy seems very, he seems somewhat enigmatic. He doesn't do a ton of press. He's this wonder kid that did Boogie Nights when he was twenty six. He probably this is like all high and mighty and thinks in super up on himself and maybe just thinks he's too good to talk to people and takes himself all seriously. But then I listened to, he did an interview with uh, Bill Simmons and Sean Fennessy at the Ringer, and then I went back and listened to he did the Nerdist, and then he also did. Uh, um, a Mark Maron interview a couple of years ago. It's like this guy's actually kind of goofy and funny. So I, but it'd that's kind of why. Oh, sorry. No, that's kind of why Go when ahead. people were would were kind of dismissive of this movie is like, oh, like it's a, a male director making a movie about how hard it is to be a genius. It's like, but you, have you ever heard him talk? Like, I don't think he thinks of himself that way. And I always assumed yeah. he did, but just like, I, and I wouldn't blame him because he made Boogie Nights when he's younger than I am now, which is insane. God. Um, that's crazy so, so, <laughs> what are you doing with your life See, not you know? that. <laughs> I, I, I defend grocery stores and slip and falls very impressive stuff um but 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 like so i i and, and then he said he said multiple times he also did a reddit ama and, and every single time he's done press recently um whenever anyone's been like are there any actors you want to work with you haven't want to work that, that you now want to work with more so than any others his first answer is, t- is tiffany haddish because he, he was just so enthralled with what oh, she did yeah, in Girls that's Trip. The, that's the thing I want him to make. I want him to make a Tiffany Haddish comedy. So it's like, I mean, he was able to derive comedy in this. Boogie Nights is obviously funny. And I, I, I didn't like Inherent Vice, but like I, I thought the Josh Berlin character in that was really funny. So he's good at like inserting comedy into some of these otherwise somewhat serious movies. And I, do we want to see him do a straight comedy and see if he can pull that off? Or would you want something in the vein of a Magnolia? And that, that's just kind of what I was getting at. Because he's like a way more interesting dude than I pre- previously given him credit for now that i've listened to him do interviews and stuff did you see this i forget if it was the reddit ama or like one of the twitter things but somebody asked him like you know if you could go back and like tell yourself one thing while you were making magnolia what would it be 30 minutes longer down and cut 20 minutes yeah Yeah, exactly and i i I don't i i love magnolia but like i I can kind of see that too i mean oh i do too but it you know it's kind of a self-indulgent mess and, and he can admit that he can make fun of himself for yeah. it so it's like just like i was like really that. into that movie in college and it's very much the kind of movie that you're obsessed with as a pretentious 19 year old sure <laughs> i love it though yeah fair enough um yeah. yeah i don't know something smaller than most of his movies because the big ones i don't really fuck with that much so fair we'll enough so maybe you could do a, like a, yeah. just a, oh like a I don't, I don't want to say a road trip movie, but just like a funnier, small scale thing about some friends that get into some shit and starring Tiffany yeah. Haddish. That, he hasn't really made like a straight comedy. I guess Punch Drunk Love kind of is, but kind of, yeah. Oh. I don't know. 
I, I, that, I, I, that movie came out so long ago. I haven't watched it in a while, but I didn't like it the first time I seen it, and I don't particularly like Adam Sandler. So, but it's yeah, also, but it's also like I, I watch movies so much differently than I did when I was like sixteen, yeah. which is when I think I or I saw Punch Drunk Love when I was like sixteen or seventeen. So, hundred percent, it'd be, it'd be yeah. cool to revisit it and see what I think. But yeah, I'm I'm excited, and um, hopefully we don't have to wait four years for the next one. But I don't blame him. It probably takes a lot out of him to with how much how much of this movie is squarely on him you know he he shot this one himself he writes it he directs it so it might be another three years but maybe he'll make tiffany haddish an oscar nominee i would love if that happened that'd be dope i'm in for that if, if he makes a movie with her i'll see it for sure I'll, i won't <laughs> wait i won't wait a bunch of weeks for it um but yeah i think that about wraps up our discussion on phantom thread uh i'm gonna step out and we're gonna take a little break and josh and hannah are gonna talk about darkest hour and we're back. And uh, Anthony uh, signed off because he hadn't seen Darkest Hour, had no plans to. And uh, as you'll probably find out in the next uh, undetermined amount of minutes, maybe we'll make it to double digits, maybe we'll not. Uh, Hannah and I aren't going to admonish him for that. And I, and I don't necessarily think Darkest Hour is a bad movie per se, but it's just kind of there. Um, yeah, and, it's totally adequate. Yeah, and it's fine. And uh if, if, if for those of you that don't know and are still making your way through deciding which best picture winners you want to see, if you're um, if you have a parent that is an old white person, then you should probably rec- <laughs> probably recommend it for them because uh, that was my theater. You know, it was me. That was uh, my theater. As it, well. it was me, and I honestly am not lying when I say it was me and a probably a pretty full theater actually, probably three fourths of the way full on like a Wednesday night or something like this when it had already been out for a week or two. And like me and probably 75% full with white people over the age of 60. And not that's not even an exaggeration. And they all seem to like it. I think some of them clapped at the end. And for uh, those of you that don't know, it it, it follows um, – it's kind of a pretty interesting com- – I don't want to go too far with that. It's a, it's a companion piece to Dunkirk, if you will, that follows from the perspective of Winston Churchill, who is obviously somewhat present in the movie Dunkirk from last year. But it, we just kind of – we learn about the decisions he's making. And this – follows him as he takes over soon as that situation is development developing he takes over as prime minister and has to make the decisions of how he is going to address it and yeah that's the movie uh i don't think you have a ton to say on this hannah so like were you expecting to get a lot out of it or were you just dutifully going to see all the not best really nominees? it was one of those things where it's like i had time in an afternoon and i've got movie pass i might as well knock this one out that's the, um, that's the beauty of movie pass more so yeah. than the financial stuff it gives it just gives you that uh, freedom to say what's the worst that could happen you know it was pretty much exactly what i expected it to be you know it's fine it it's not it's not bad it you know it got costume and i think production design nominations things like that like that's all well done i think the bunker but actually looks pretty good uh it, it, it's, it's interesting really cool. yeah. yeah but um yeah i mean it's fine i don't it's exactly the kind of thing that you expect the oscars to nominate and I feel like in the last couple of years, like as they've tried to change the membership of the Academy and stuff, they've moved into nominating slightly cooler things or, you know, slightly well, less thing, obvious uh, things. And I, I, this I, is more traditional Best Picture nominee. And what's funny, uh, before I, I mean, I'll, I have a few more things to say about the movie, but the interesting thing about the whole Oscars thing is that what's so good about the Academy diversifying and adding members in the way it has is that. Or, and also expanding the 10 Best Picture nominees is that back when if, – if it had been the old composition of the Academy and they only nominated like five movies, this would have been one of the five. Yep, and, definitely. And if this is one-fifth of your Best Picture nominees, it's kind of really not that exciting. But if it's just one of nine, it's like, okay, fine. It can be there. Let the let the old white folks have their pick right there. And as long as we have yeah. enough other members for Lady Bird and Get Out to get in, then yeah, cool. We can we can, we can can have everything. And it's there, and it, it got. And the other big thing that it got nominated for, and everyone, the first time, from the moment the first still came out of Gary Oldman, people said he's going to be the best actor winner. Yeah. And, it, and there's still a very good chance it's going to happen. And just from the perspective, just talking about this movie as itself, um, that was supposed to be like a huge draw, just to see this guy who's just a regular pasty white, skinny British dude put on the. I mean, I guess there might be somewhat of a fat suit, but I'm sure he put on some weight too to play Winston Churchill convincingly. And I got to say, it didn't really uh, – didn't blow me off my feet, but it's not really because of anything he did wrong. But I'm like I just probably wasn't impressed as I would have been otherwise because uh, I don't feel like this movie loses a single thing if it, in his place you put the same performance that uh, John Lithgow gives in season one of The Crown. I don't know if you watched The Crown. 
I, I've seen, I don't watch, I've seen parts of it, but yeah, it, it's, that's the thing. I was like, Hey, do we need another Churchill movie? Probably not. But also it's just like, like it's, it's fine. It's such an, I was watching it. Like this is such a movie that gets made to win awards that it's like, okay. I mean, like it's a very impressive makeup job. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. But did he get a makeup nomination? They only, yeah, okay, they only usually nominate like three movies in that category, I think. So I couldn't remember if it did. Yeah, cause... there's three. I forget what the other ones are. Well, wait, did I don't know. Shape of Water might have, but um... Shape of Water didn't. Oh right, because like, I don't think people understood that the creature like that counted. The people were saying like that counts as makeup, and we're no one clear, like how it. much of that was makeup and how much of it was like a suit. Yeah, I forget what the other ones are. Yeah, I mean, usually that that's one where there's like the opportunity for stuff that like didn't get a lot of like Oscar nom- Oscar winner Suicide Squad. You know, that's how that's how that kind of thing happens. But no, so the things that I found interesting in this movie were that it was kind of cool to see the other side of Dunkirk and what went into that. And I actually didn't know this. I don't know a ton about British history. I feel like I've consumed a lot more movies about it recently. I didn't. I there thought were it was at least three Dunkirk movies this year. Yeah, I, I didn't see their finest. Uh, I did. It's pretty good. Okay. So maybe once that becomes available elsewhere, I'll go back and watch it. Uh, you know, it's a nice, like, other perspective. Right. And the, and, and this is – oh, Wonder and Victoria Abdul were the other two. Didn't see those other two. Um, yeah. And so – but I didn't know about Churchill, like, taking over at that point in time because uh, – you, in in the crown, it picks up when he's in his second stint as prime minister after like all of this has already happened. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't really, I really didn't know anything about when he took over. I did not know the timing was that quick, and I at least thought it was interesting to see them have to deal with that and the politics of how he there he was like. I he, I just always thought of him as this big, grand, important figure, and just assumed he was like universally loved. I didn't really know a whole lot about the controversy behind him and how he was just kind of like, all right, sure, we'll go with this guy. I, I, so I thought it was kind of funny that like that's how – that's the decision-making process for deciding he's going to take over for the, in the yeah. country in this very, very dire time. I got a kick out of – I got a little bit of a kick out of that. And it was cool hearing them talk about the strategy because all we really saw was like th- that. Deci- that decision at least had kind of already been made with the pedestrian or the not the pedestrian, the civilians and the ships. Yeah. That w- that we kind of pick up in Dunkirk where they're already loading that ship. So it's kind of funny to see like everything that went into getting to that point in Dunkirk. But one thing that kind of left me like zoned out a lot, which is my bi- my biggest negative about the movie, is that I zoned out in every one of his big monologue speeches. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm like, this is probably what they think is, like, the best stuff, like, hearing him give these long monologues and, wow, look at this big Churchill performance he's doing. Isn't it great? And I just, like, couldn't give a shit. I was just like, I zoned out for that stuff, and I was more into it when they were talking to the bunker. And that was about it. I was like, I, I guess this is cool strategy. I would have rather just had an episode of a TV show that maybe focused on the most interesting stuff in this and not really had to do everything else. And, it, and then I don't know if you read about this after, but that scene on the train never happened. Oh, that scene is terrible. Like yeah. for the for the most part, I don't I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it's like not particularly interesting and it's nothing that we haven't seen before. That scene on the tube is actively bad. Like <laughs> Yeah. It's uh I don't know. It, it, I mean, it was just like <sighs> once you find out it didn't happen that way, it's just wow, this is like I guess they just really wanted to cheese it up a little bit for the people watching at home and I don't. I. I don't. I didn't really need that to happen. I think it would have been cool just to see how he actually came to that decision, whatever it may be, because I don't think it was talking to a few people on a tube. And then I found. Yeah, out, and then that, I found out that it wasn't. Whole, this like, oh, talking to people from all walks of life, and he's a man of the people. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not good. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't really have a ton to say about this. I just, you know, I do. I did like the stuff down in you know, the war rooms, like some of the strategy stuff was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I thought, um, I thought Ben Mendelsohn was good. Yeah. I, um, I've seen, it's weird that, uh, King George was only King for not even that long, like less than 15 years, I guess. Not even that. I mean, cause there was the whole thing with, uh, you know, his, his brother abdicating it and then he gets thrown right. in. So he didn't really become King till kind of late and then get sick and all that. And, um, it's just so random that in the last like eight years I've seen, Colin Firth won an Oscar for it, and then Jared Harris played him on The Crown and is really good, mm-hmm. and I think he got an Emmy nomination, and now seeing Ben Mendelsohn do it, and I, they, they, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the camp of Team Social Network, not Team The King's Speech, but um, Agreed. 
I don't have anything bad to say about the performances in that movie. No, it's a um, good movie. It's just, a, it's just a, another one of the movies kind of like this, maybe a bit more fun than this, um, where it's just like, here's a movie about old white people and in old Britain and it's going to win awards and it's one of those and but it's like a good performance and like the speech impediment thing though is is like a real thing that I think could be overdone and if, you, if in the wrong actor's hands and he doesn't do that so good for Ben no, Mendelsohn he does a good job yeah uh, yeah yeah I, I think I think that's about all I have to say on this one and I think we it's, we probably made it maybe a couple more minutes longer than we did. One last question for you, though, uh, because I don't know if, like, if we'll have a, another chance before the Oscars to kind of oh, yeah. feel you out on where you are on all this stuff. But uh, do, you have a, do, you have, do you have a preference on who's, who should win Best Actor as, while we're talking about this movie? Uh, since we, we, just I, talked about, we just talked about one that had one of the nominees, and we, now we're talking about another one of them. I would love if Daniel Kaluuya won. Yeah. Have you rewatched Get Out since the first time you saw no, it? No. And I, so I've only seen it once and it's now been almost a year and I would, I'm going to watch it again before the Oscars. But I, at the time, just remember thinking that he was so good and it is incredible that he got an Oscar nomination, that that movie got the kind of awards attention that it did. Yeah. I, when, um, when, so I'm when, really happy for him. When Anthony and I did our podcast on that, like I talked about him I, and that was before I, I mean, I knew it got really good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but I had no idea that it would, people would actually like make, give it a good awards push. So I talked about Daniel Cooley on that, and I remember just how impressed I was with the faces he makes in that movie. Yeah, and then I got eyes. To, and I tried to like make the face on the podcast, and I'm like, wait, it's <laughs> a podcast. People can't actually look at it. And just his reactions to everything everyone's doing, I'm like, that's really good. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a first of all, it's a weird experience, you know, watching it when you know it's coming. It's it's a lot a lot of movies. It's just like I don't ever feel the need to watch that again, even if I found it to be a good movie. But it's just like such a different experience watching that movie for the second time, just going in knowing everything. But like I had such an even deeper appreciation for him. Just I noticed even more things about just how he reacted to what people were doing and how weirdly impressive it was that he could do it without saying anything. Uh, I mean, he says stuff in the movie, but it's his his reactions were so like m- muted and such a but still conveyed a lot at the same time. So uh, yeah, he uh, yeah either him or uh, and I and I, I like Daniel Day Lewis and I have. Roman J. Israel is the one I haven't seen of everything that got nominated. I for haven't anything seen that note. one yet either. And now I wasn't going to see it, but now I think I might just try and see it just to be able to say yeah, I same. saw it. And now I, 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 my choices would be the two young guys. It'd be him or Timothy yeah. Chalamet. Um, and I, they but, would definitely be the two because it's like Daniel Day Lewis is great in Phantom Thread, but he doesn't need another Oscar. It's fine. Yeah, he, he, and I don't think he's going to be too broken up about it. If you, I don't. And, think and, he and, and 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 I think those other dudes, provided they keep getting good roles, they'll have other chances. But like these are those are special movies and. Uh, would be cool if it would happen for one of them, and but I, I, I probably not going to. It sounds like it's kind of Gary Oldman's to lose, and he's unless yeah. unless some people start writing a bunch of stories about his checkered past in the next three weeks while Oscar voting's still open, and that could happen. But like yeah. then those people might just vote for Daniel Day Lewis instead then, and because like there's already it's already like really rare to have two actors in their twenties nominated, and to yeah, it is. Them, they, they, they probably are like all right, like these guys will have another shot. Let's not vote for them. Which, um, but like. Not that we just said Daniel Day Lewis doesn't need another shot. Denzel has. And he's two. won twice in the last ten years. Also, it's yeah. not even like like when Meryl Streep won again. It had she been like thirty years. Yeah. And De- and Denzel hasn't. Um, Denzel has won twice too. He won for Glory yep. and Training Day. So yeah, uh, g- give one of the young dudes a shot. Uh, do you have Do you have any other uh, takes you have? Strong awards feelings. Oh, Oscar takes. My strong awards feelings are uh, Lady Bird is the best movie of the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, with you on that. Uh, I would love I'm I was so psyched about the best director category this year in general though like it was it's a really good lineup so I would be happy if Greta Gerwig or Jordan Peele or Paul Thomas Anderson won or Guillermo del Toro like they're all good this year yeah and and I and I Anthony and I weren't really like high on Dunkirk but it wasn't because of the like I wasn't down on the direction it's an interestingly made movie and it looks really cool so I wasn't even even though if, like Dunkirk was easily like my least favorite of the movies that had a best director nominated, I was just glad that I was glad that. Yeah, and I know you haven't seen Three Billboards, but I was just glad that those got in and none, yeah. of, none of those people were kicked out in favor of Martin McDonough. My other strong take is uh, Lady Bird related in that I it, it looks like it might be slipping away from Laurie Metcalf for supporting yeah. actress, but which is very sad because I think there's a lot more to her performance she than is- Allison Janney's. I saw Lady Bird for the third time last week and yeah. just every every time it's like she's just the expressions like she's so good and I love Allison Janney yeah. uh and I think she's good in I Tanya, but I Laurie Metcalf should win the Oscar yeah that's probably like my other like 
really strong take now because like I'm not gonna be up like Lady Bird's my number one for the year, but I wouldn't be upset if Get Out or Call Me by Your Name also won Best Picture. But mm-hmm. like I don't think I'd be really totally happy with anyone winning uh, supporting actress besides her. And supporting actor, supporting actor, I just think is like very weird because usually there's like so many performances I absolutely love in the category. And like I really like the Florida Project and I like Willem Dafoe and he's probably he and Richard Jenkins are probably my favorite of them. But I can like give or take the other three. That's performances a weird in category. category. Yeah, I want I want Willem Dafoe to win. I think he's really good in the Florida Project. But it, that category could have been so different. Yeah, like there was like so many other like one of the other two guys from Call Me by Your Name. I felt like should have been there, and Michael um, Stuhlbarg should be in there. Yeah, yeah, and um, and yeah, even I, I even like Tracy Letts and um, Lady Love Bird, Tracy and, Letts. And, or I, and he was probably my favorite part of the post too. So it would have been he's cool. Good to, in the post he's, too. he's had so many cool performances, just like in the last like four years. Giving, and at first I was like I saw Indignation, and I saw. Oh, he's him, so good I saw him in that and I saw him in Homeland. I'm like, all right, this guy's just going to be like angry white man and everything. And it's been cool to see him like do different performances where he's not really doing a whole lot differently physically. He's just getting to play really different characters. So I don't know. That could have been like uh, that category could have been like composed um, a lot differently. And I would have been would have really liked that. And I really hope that because uh, so when when he didn't win um, when. Martin McDonough didn't get nominated here. People thought, oh, maybe Three Billboards is, like, more vulnerable. And it won screenplay at the Golden Globes, though. And it's like, I really would much prefer uh, Lady Bird or Get Out in that category. Yeah, so, I would, um, too. We'll, well see. I mean, I haven't seen Three Billboards because I didn't want to. But yeah, I still you, would you, prefer that. You would, you would agree if you saw it. Um, I'm sure I would. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really have any other um, super strong takes. I um, I hope uh, Roger Deakins finally gets his Oscar for Blade Runner. And, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to bore anyone else with my takes because Anthony and I are probably going to do a full awards podcast, but I just wanted to kind of let you get any of that off your chest that you wanted to. And, um, and yeah. Yep. All right. Well, um, I think we're going to uh, wrap it up because now this podcast is like bordering on an hour of us talking about old British stuff. As usual, if you want to find us on Twitter, uh, where can they find you, Hannah? Oh, uh, at H-G-C-O-U-T-U-R-E. Right. So, More me uh, talking about Lady Bird all the time. Yeah, so, I mean, we're at that slow point in the movie time of year with movies, so it, it might just be your, your best option to go see it two more times while you still can, and then you can get uh, – people can get more of your thoughts. I'm, I, <laughs> I, I, I might go again because there's really nothing I really want to see coming out this weekend. I'm, I seriously was looking at times for 12 strong a couple, a couple of days ago. So Yeah, it's, it's uh, not a good time of year. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll, we'll make do. Uh, there's some stuff coming out in March that I'm excited about at least. If you uh, want to find Anthony on Twitter, it's aclambake, A-K-L-A-M-B-A-K-E the podcast twitter is at 52 in 52 pod i'm at josh jernavoy j-o-s-h-j-u-r-n-o-v-o-y and um thanks for listening and uh that completes our uh reviews for best uh picture nominees for the year so happy movie watching thank you